This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Draft Podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. Got my guy Cordell back after assignment last week. And guess yeah. what, Cordell? Officially, rookies report today. You do. So uh, we are very close to the beginning of the NFL season because this is, a, I mean, People will say unofficial start of training camp, but to me, if, if, if anybody reports, it's the official start of training camp, and I'm excited. So um, as we've seen, there has been some uh, discourse going on in the running back world. Um, as of Monday, there were no deals made for guys like Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard. After that happened, um, there was a tweet going around basically saying that special teams kickers get paid more than running backs. And it started a firestorm of sorts um, amongst the running back community who then went to Twitter to display um, their opposition of them being devalued. So uh, that led to J.K. Dobbins, who usually is very vocal about these things because we know he's very emotional when he speaks about how he feels about how he runs and how he feels about the game in particular, which is not a bad thing, but um, he said nothing. However, he said everything by retweeting his colleagues uh, and, and, and just showing, I guess, you know, basically how he felt, but using their words per se um, by retweeting their thoughts. So when you see, you know, players speaking out about this Cordell, what exactly, you know, how, how do you feel about this? We've had these conversations before about the mm-hmm. evaluation of, of running backs, but now we're hearing them speak out um, because deals were not made. You still got Dalvin Cook out there, not signed with anybody, and that speaks volumes. So, you know, when you see that, for J.K. and for everyone else, what do you think that that means? Yeah, I mean, look, the running back position is in trouble. Um, because they're not being valued in the league right now. And they go out there and, you know, they take on uh, a lot of punishment on a daily basis. It's really getting to the point to where there's no incentive um, to be a a running back uh, in the, in this league anymore, because what, what are you, what is it that you're trying uh, to do? What is the end goal? You get drafted and, you you play your rookie deal. You might get franchise tagged, and after there, you're most likely not getting anything long term. It's probably stop to stop. You're a free agent. You're probably signing one to two year deals, um, and you're not being paid much. And you know, just looking at the running backs, these three running backs 
uh, that that we're talking about, Saquon uh, Barkley, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs led the NFL in rushing last year. Yes, he I did. Mean, what, what else are you supposed to do as a running back when you lead the league in rushing? You were statistically the best running back in the league, and teams still don't want to invest in you. Let's go to Saquon Barkley. We saw what the type of you know, Saquon's deal is a little different. Saquon has the injury bug throughout his career. Okay, I get that. But you can't tell me that Saquon Barkley's success isn't directly tied to the Giants' success. That's I mean, correct. They they are one in the same. And the yep. Giants just made a big commitment to Daniel Jones. They just gave him a big-time extension this offseason. I would love to see if there's any running back in this group that has any type of leverage, I do think it's Saquon Barkley because the Giants are, I don't believe, are anything without Saquon Barkley. He's their running game. He's a big part of their passing game. And I give the Giants credit and and Brian Dable, they did a great job last year. They were well coached. They did a good job of bringing in receivers pretty much off the street and making something of those guys. Um, They drafted Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee this year, but I don't look at that wide receiver group and say, oh, okay, well, it's not like the Raiders where I'm like, all right, as good as Josh Jacobs is, they still have Devontae Adams in their offense. Like, they'll still be able to find a way to make things happen. How many other guys in that Giants offense can you really name as key contributors that you can count on on a week-in, week-out basis more than Saquon Barkley? There is nobody. Yep. So I, I I just wonder how that's going to go. Saquon's threatening to sit out week one. I wouldn't call his bluff. I, I could see it happening. Now, he's going to forfeit a lot of money by doing what he's doing. And maybe that's something that he has come up with in his mind that he's okay with. Um, Tony Pollard's situation is different. He's the only one of these three guys that has signed his franchise tender to this point. So he's going to be there. He's he's going to, you know, be out there, and his situation is different. This will be his first year really as the lead guy in that Cowboys backfield. They, you know, they just let go of Zeke this offseason, and Zeke yeah. might end up back with the Cowboys, to be honest with you. Um, but bringing that all home to Baltimore and what it means for J.K. Dobbins, I mean, look, we – we already didn't expect him to get it. Uh, uh, I didn't. Ex- I'll, I'll speak for myself. I don't expect him to get an extension from the Ravens just for a multitude of reasons uh, from JK's injury history or just the way his career has gone to this point to maybe how he feels towards the organization and, and how they are somewhat responsible for his injury history, playing him in a preseason game to his usage rates. So, you know, it's, it's all of that combined with, the team being in the Lamar Jackson contract era right now, they got to cut corners somewhere. Everybody's cutting corners at the running back position. I don't expect the Ravens to be any different. Their running game is going to be there because they have number eight in their backfield. So they're in a unique situation. I don't have a problem with the running backs call coming together and speaking in solidarity, speak, you know, uh, uh, you got Derek Henry coming out and showing uh, support for the guys. Like you mentioned, JK Dobbins as well. Austin Eckler, who's in a similar situation, as these guys are trying to get his money, trying to get traded himself. So, I mean, look, it's great that they're standing together. It's not going to do anything. Sadly, it's, it's really not going to do anything. Uh, I just wonder what's the future, what is the future hold for the running back position? Because the way it's going, it's almost like they're pushing the position 
out the door. And while you can find a new one pretty much in each draft, uh, it feels like I, I, I wonder what it will take, what what will be the end game for before guys decide to say, you know what, what is what am I getting out of being a running back these days? What is, what is my reasoning for wanting to be a running back over being a wide receiver over being a linebacker or something like that? I would, I would take on one of those positions at this point over a running back. And when I was a kid, I wanted to be a running back, you know, did you you really? Yeah, that was, that was my thing. When I first went out there to play football, that was, that was my thing. I wanted to be a running back because I watched the Barry Sanders. I watched the, uh, 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 Brian Mitchell's of the world and, and and all of those guys and 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 that's just that was a much more glorified position when I was growing up than it is today I will acknowledge that but I still look around the league and I I still see how imperative the running back position is in the NFL they just don't want to pay for it yeah I, I want to even note that you mentioned Josh Jacobs who um led the league the Raiders didn't even um take his fifth year option <laughs> that's how bad that's yeah. how bad it is which i thought was a joke when they declined it last year and they would have had him for another year to figure out this whole situation and decline to even uh accept his fifth year option which is crazy to me um and so i think that the answer to your question in regards is i don't know what's going to take to kind of, I guess, put some respect on running back's name, for lack of a better term. And I think it's going to have to start at lower levels. And and once you start seeing the lack of uh, players wanting to be running backs and you're starting to see a a shortage is Mm -hmm. when it's going to change. I don't think it's going to change in terms of, like, right now. Because guys coming out of college, they're – look, they're going to be like, well, this is going to be my time to shine. It's not going to be until they get into the league – and then they start having wear and tear that they're going to be in the place where these running backs are. What's going to have to happen is, is that young kids are going to be told you don't want to play running back because they, they don't pay running backs and you do a lot to your body and ain't getting paid no money. So you might want to do something else. You might want to be a left tackle or, you know, a tight end or something like that or a wide receiver to, to kind of get more money um, in that regard, because you're not going to get paid as a running back and you're going to be dealing with a lot of the same, you know, bodily uh, downs that they deal with. So to me, that's when you'll start to see the change is when you start seeing less running backs coming out of college because guys don't want to be running backs no more. Just like you said, back in the day, you wanted to be Barry Sanders. Well, back in those days, running backs meant something to the Mm -hmm. league. It was a running league. And now it's become a passing league. The, The rules have allowed that. And running backs, oh, and by the way, you have quarterbacks who run now or know how to move out of the pocket um I know we don't like to bring up Mahomes in that category but he can run um we know Lamar can run you got the Justin Fields of the world and all of those types of guys so now you have those dudes doing some of the load in terms of running the ball um I don't know what that means for RPOs moving forward but ultimately that's the, the nature of it too is that you got quarterbacks that's doing running downs as well. So that's problematic for them as well. Cause that's taking away their, their carries. So only, unless these young kids grow coming out of middle school, high school decide they want to switch positions because they're seeing the disrespect of running backs. I don't see it like being an immediate um, 
type of change. And it's unfortunate because I would like to see them create some type of coalition and go on strike. Yeah, y'all y'all going to get somebody else to 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 replace them, but these really good running backs, the only way I mean, I just don't know what the, what's going to be able to happen now in the interim for them to create some type of change. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, look, you you look at this notion that running backs aren't important or they that they're so replaceable. Tell that to the Chargers who just use, basically used Austin Eckler as an extension of the passing game. How many times was Austin Eckler right there Check for Bell, King, Justin baby. Herbert out every single time? Or like I brought up Saquon Barkley. How many running backs can do what Saquon Barkley can do for the Giants yep. can be their not only their leading rusher, but also one of their top receiving threats on the team as well. There aren't Derrick Henry's just growing on trees right now. That I mean, and Josh Jacobs, he's in a unique situation because as good as he was last year, like I said, they've got our you know one of the best receivers on the team as well. But I'd like to see what the Raiders look like without that type of running game that they had last year. They stunk even still with it last year, but. You know, I, I don't think that that type of production and that type of player is always replaceable. You're not just finding Christian McCaffrey's anywhere. And we've seen how much – look, it's not – the. I think running backs are being penalized for teams giving out bad deals, and that shouldn't be the case. If that's the case, you can go to every position in the league and see bad deals handed out. But I think people are looking at the situation where the Panthers gave Christian McCaffrey a ton of money after he blew up and then he had the injury bug or the Todd Gurley deal where he gets the big deal and then he doesn't even play a down for for the Rams after he signs that contract. Like I, I understand those are situations like that, but you could go all throughout the league and find those situations at the quarterback position. You can find wide receivers that were paid that didn't do anything. You can find DBs that get big money that don't turn out to be the shutdown player that they were previously. It happens all over the place. So, I, I mean, we saw that. I, I used to feel the same way earlier this offseason when we were doing the big thing on Lamar and his contract. And I'm like, well, what does the NFL want to do when you have a player like this and you drafted this guy and he goes on to win MVP and he goes on to be an all pro. And then when it comes time to pay him, you don't want to pay him. What are, what are you looking for when you draft these guys? When they when you draft a guy and he turns out to be everything you thought he was going to be, then what is the problem when it comes time to pay them? That's that's kind of my issue. If guys have earned it, then I don't see a problem with giving it to them. But it's just. It, it, it's just notion that the NFL wants these guys to be okay with being run into the ground for little to nothing. And then when it's time to get paid, they they want to, they want these guys to be okay with not getting what they feel like they're worth. And that's just, that's just a slap in the face. And I, I like I said, if you're going to do that for, if you're going to hold some of these bad contracts that we've seen for the running backs, you sh- you got to do that for every other position as well. I completely agree. Um, and I, I don't have anything else to add to that. I think that you worded that perfectly. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see moving forward how running backs deal with the situation as we get closer to them reporting to training camp. All right, Cordell, the streets uh, have, uh, well, it's not even the streets. It's been confirmed that DeAndre Hopkins has gone to the Tennessee Titans and what a world has it been in the last couple of months? DeAndre Hopkins has gone from I want to be on a Super Bowl contender 
to now being on a team who uh, drafted a quarterback in the second round and Will Levis uh, has some uncertainty at quarterback with Ryan Tannehill. Um, and so this is interesting because, you know, the, they had A.J. Brown not too long ago. They traded A.J. Brown away, and now they bring in a much older DeAndre Hopkins now. So, um, you know, obviously this was a talk in Ravens flock country because DeAndre Hopkins was a guy that a lot of people wanted um, this offseason and was a guy that uh, essentially the Ravens were um, close to getting really um, but that fell through. And then eventually we know they moved on, drafted Zay Flowers and got Odell Beckham Jr. Um, as a result. So, well, o- Odell was already here prior to that, but drafted Zay Flowers um, after they they could not get DeAndre Hopkins. So, um, you know, this is a very interesting one to me because one, this, this goes against everything that you said. The Titans aren't a Super Bowl contender. Let's be real here. It's very possible. We'll see a, a rookie um, sometime this season and will Levis. And then also um, the, the Ravens play the Titans, as we know in London uh, in October. And so uh, this will be interesting because again, fans wanted DeAndre Hopkins and now we'll see him, but he will not be in the purple and black. He will be in the Titan blue, I guess is what we'll call it. So um, when you heard the news, uh, what was your first thought on DeAndre Hopkins? Well, I mean, I had figured it would come down to the Titans and the Patriots because those were the two teams we had continued to hear about. Um, I mean, and to be honest, neither of them are any closer to a Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl title with or without D Hop. So I, I think his options were limited right now, and you know he he went to whoever was offering him offering him the most money. I think between the two teams, I don't have a problem with that just because you know the teams that are true contenders like the Chiefs and the Bills and the Ravens and teams like that, they didn't it didn't seem like he had an offer from them on the table. So he can, you know, he can only go with uh, what's in front of him. I know people are kind of like, they wanted him to hold out and wait and see what happens. Maybe somebody gets injured on one of those teams and they come calling, but I just think for him, who's this is no guarantee that a better option will come calling. I mean, for all we know, you know, the Colts could have an injury at, at wide receiver or or the Rams or somebody like that, you know, and, and those are worse options than the Titans and the Patriots right now. So, I mean, I, I, I just look at it as, you know, him signing right now, anytime I see a veteran of that stature signed before training camp, that lets me know at least that they want to play, that they're ready to get back on the field because veterans these days are looking to dodge training camp. They don't want to get out there and, and, and be out there in the heat and run around and do all that stuff. They want to try to get as close to this sign as close to this regular season as possible. So for him to sign in July, it tells me he is, you know, kind of at least showing that he want, he does care about trying to put together a good product going out there and putting together a good season and trying to join a team now to get a hold of the playbook and learn the offense and stuff before training camp starts. I wish he had better options. You know, I, I, I wish he had a, a more legit contending teams calling his phone because that's where he belongs. That's where right. I want to be DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I want to see him in the postseason. I want to see him on the Super Bowl stage, but 
it just doesn't seem like that was in the cards. And you do wonder if the Ravens deal with Odell Beckham kind of pushed the market to maybe take some of those teams like Kansas City and Buffalo out of the equation for DeAndre. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, it, it would have definitely been better suited if he was able to go to a place that he was truly in position of getting um, a ring for. And it's interesting, you know, because I know that Buffalo didn't have a lot of cap, but it's interesting that they didn't, you know, move some things around more to try to get a DeAndre Hopkins. And it's interesting regarding Kansas City. Um, you know, you thought that they would be in the mix. Uh, I had heard some rumors that Carolina was potentially in the mix, too. So I'm curious to know, like, what was holding people back or were people concerned about, you know, he was I'm suspended last year for six games. Um mm-hmm. And so is your concern that if he gets suspended again, that it's a whole year. So then that's a waste. I I, I don't really know. It's really more interesting in the fact that he took less guaranteed money um, uh, in his first year than Odell, which says a lot about the contract that Odell received for the Ravens and, and the Ravens hoping that this will work out for them. Because, you know, I mean, Odell has not played in a whole year due to injury, not mm-hmm. like DeAndre, who didn't play, you know, during due to a suspension. And then he played with some bad quarterbacks because Kyle Murray wasn't playing. But we know that he could still play at a high level with Odell. We're, we we hope that he could play at a high level. We just don't know yet because he's been missing in action due to recovering from a knee injury. So. That is the more interesting part of all of this to me is that, you know, he took less guaranteed money um, than Odell did. I'll, I'll say this. I think if if DeAndre Hopkins was on the open market at the time when Odell was, we may have a different situation. Very true. Uh, yes. a, a lot of Odell's inflation in his contract was because of, you know, him helping bring Lamar back to Baltimore. And I think DeAndre Hopkins signing in place of Odell would have done the exact same thing. It would have, you know, helped bring Lamar back to Baltimore. It's just that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins was still on the on the Cardinals roster at the time, and Beckham was the was the guy that was actually a free agent. So yeah, it's all you know, timing is everything, and I think that that definitely has a big uh have has a big part of why things failed the way they did. I mean, look, it's a question mark with Beckham on the field. It is. It just is. We, you don't know what you're going to get from him. Like you said, he missed last year. He's got the injury history with, with D hop. I think people are ready to say D hop is done way too soon than, you know, sooner than they should be. Um, Because this is still a guy that is still a touchdown machine. Uh, can still has still has some of the best hands in the league. Still has is probably one of the best jump ball contested catch wide receivers in the NFL. I I, I mean D Hop to me is still an elite wide receiver, and I know everybody doesn't look at him like that. I understand, but I haven't seen enough from him for me to say he's he's close to being done. Like when right. I was watching Julio Jones. And stuff towards the back end of him, I could say that I'm watching Julio and I'm saying he just doesn't have what he had before. I don't see that with DeAndre Hopkins. I really don't. Um, so I still think he's a stud. And while I don't expect the Titans to really make any real noise this year, 
I'm not acting, I'm not going to sit here and act like it can't, that there's no percent chance that it could work out there. Because right. when you got a guy like Derrick Henry in your backfield, when you're as well coached as the Titans are by Mike, Mike Vrabel, I mean, the quarterback question marks are legit. That's, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. If it is Tannehill and he can find a way to not only stay healthy, but also get back to being one of the more accurate play action passers in the league, which is what he's been in a large part of his time in Tennessee, then you may have something out there. You, you may, um, but it's a long shot at best. I'm, I'm acknowledging that. I wish he had better options, but I, I'm not looking at him and what happens in Tennessee. And if they're not good saying, well, DeAndre Hopkins is done. I, I want to see what he does because I, I still think he has a lot of football left in him. I definitely do. I think he he absolutely could still play at a high level. And the Ravens are going to find out to what degree um, in October uh, as they play across the pond uh, in London for mm-hmm. that to happen. So it, it, it'll be fun to see because, you know, you get to see DeAndre Hopkins up close if you're going to the game or if you're watching it on TV. Uh, hopefully he he doesn't do too much damage against the Ravens, but I, I expect that to be an interesting matchup um, to say the least. All right, Cordell. So we got a couple of questions um, that we received from Ravens fans um, and just going and we're talking about the team uh, as we start uh, the beginning of training camp as players are reporting, rookies anyway. Um, The first one is from Pug1030, and he asks, if Ben Cleveland doesn't win the starting job, does he still make the team? (laughs) The answer to me is flat out no. I think they're tired of this Ben Cleveland saga. And I could be wrong here, but I I, I definitely feel like he is uh, living on a prayer at this point. And so it feels uh, like this is a make or break training camp for Mr. Cleveland. What say you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, for him to not even really seem like he's a part of the left guard competition right now, I think speaks volumes of how they view him right now. He's been getting in there and some backup, snaps at right tackle and stuff like that but that's just not going I don't I don't think him being a backup right tackle and probably the third string backup right tackle behind Fah Lele I don't I don't think that's going to be enough to keep him on the team um last year we saw him get off to a slow start not being able to pass the conditioning test uh I don't think he'll be afforded that opportunity this year so um I I think Ben Cleveland is facing an uphill battle uh, to make this roster this year. Same here. All right. We, uh, my guy, Emery Hunt at football game plan, shout out to him. I appreciate his question. Um, What part of the defensive side of the ball gives you guys the most cause for concern or has the biggest question to answer? And I answered the first one. So I'll let you start first. Yeah. I'm going to go cornerback. I'm going to go cornerback. Um, Obviously, Marlon Humphrey being there uh, gives them a leg up, you know, one of the better corners in the league. But beyond that, you've got question marks. Rocky Asin, you know, they added him out of free agency this offseason. He'll be right now. He's the starting outside corner on the other side, in my mind. Um, and, you know, it's he's got injury question marks and he hasn't played a lot of football. So we don't know how good he's going to be. And in this division, you have to make sure you are on point 
with your DBs, when you're going up against uh, wide receiver groups like what the Bengals have, when you're going up against wide receiver groups like the Browns have and the Steelers have on the inside and outside. So um, that's going to be the big question mark to me. And of course, pass rusher would, you know, is another one, but I think they kind of go hand in hand because if the pass rushers aren't getting to the quarterback, that means the DBs are going to have to cover longer. And I don't know if we can trust these DBs as a whole uh, to be able to be out there uh, kind of on an island having to guard some of these receivers as long as they may have to if the rush isn't getting there. Still don't know who the nickel corner is. I mean, uh, Kyle Hamilton is their best option, but how much safety do they want him to play? How much nickel corner do they want him to play? I don't know. Can these second-year guys step up and actually have a meaningful role on this team? Can they stay on the field? Can Jalen Armour Davis and Pepe Williams stay healthy enough to be key contributors? I don't know, but I, I think the biggest question marks are definitely in the secondary. I, I agree with you. And so because you said that, I'll go to another part of it, and that's pass rush. And I think that, you know, there's questions because we don't know um, the sustainability of a job, obviously. We only saw a small sample, and we don't know the consi- you know the, the consistency of how he'll be able to play under uh, for a full season because this is essentially going to be more like his rookie year. Um, but then there's the other side of OA who's been inconsistent in the first two years that he's been here. And so now this is approaching his third season. And you're curious to know if this is going to be the year that he breaks out or if this is going to year where he, be the year where he continues the, the trend of being inconsistent at times. And so um, I, I think that this is something that, you know, we have to watch because I am a person that believes that, you know, um, attacking the line of scrimmage and, and the quarterback is what's going to help you in terms of, you know, uh, if you can disrupt, what they have going on on that side of the ball up front, then it helps everybody else in the, on the other levels in the backfield uh, on the defense. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Ojabo can, you know, stay healthy and be the player that we believe him to be because, you know, we, we were very high on him. A lot of teams were prior to his Achilles injury. And then with away, can away just find a way to just muster up some more consistency and, you know, that, They've been raving about how he's done this offseason, but we're not going to find out until we see a regular season game. You know, training camp is, is cool, too, but I think you really turn it up when um, you're playing against, you know, opponents as opposed to playing against your own guys. So that will be interesting for me. Um, we had a question that says hypothetical or it's from uh, Agent 00 Bond Jr. Hypothetical worst case scenarios. Question number one, excluding injuries, the offense struggled this season because blank. And question number two, excluding injuries, the defense struggled this season because. So start with the offense first. Offense struggled because what, uh, Cordell? Excluding injuries? Um, I would have (laughs) to imagine if they struggled and nobody gets hurt that you got to probably start at the quarterback position, you know, that Lamar is just not progressing in this offense the way that we thought he would, Um, that he's struggling with some of the added responsibilities that he's missing on throws down the field and, and, you know, inconsistent as a passer. Uh, I I don't expect that to be the case for the record. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't see that happening, but, um, that if, if if that is the case and their injuries aren't in the way, 
then that and the and the offense still struggles, that would be the, the first thing I would look at. Yes. Um, I think that they might struggle because of the new system in play that is going to be being implemented essentially all year. It's very possible. And I don't think that this is a struggle that's going to be long, Cornell. I think eventually they'll get it right. But I do think that you do have to take into account that it is a new offensive coordinator and then Mm -hmm. they do have new pieces. So this is not necessarily the same group of guys that um, Lamar has played with in the past. Like last year, he played with Bateman, DuVernay, Prochet, and Tylon Wallace um, at the wide receiver position. Well, this year he has he does have Bateman, um, you know, if he comes back from injury. and But now he has Odell, and now he has Zay Flowers. And so that's a different group. And then you add the fact that they have an offensive coordinator. So I think that if they struggle, it's going to be an early struggle in that regard. Um, from a defensive perspective, what you got? What you got? Yeah, if the defense struggles and the injuries aren't in the way, um, I think that that's going to mean that they're getting the ball thrown all over them, all over the place, because they can't guard anybody. That's going to be the first thing that jumps out to me, um, that they just cannot stick with wide receivers in this league. And we saw it at the start of the year last year. They were one of the worst passing defenses in the league to start the year, heavily inflated by the comeback win by the Bills and the Dolphins. Uh, but even, you know, you go back, I, I think Joe Flacco threw for over 300 yards against him as well. Albeit they were trailing the entire game, but that's that, you know, so that's going to be kind of the things that happens. But I look at this defense. I feel good about the linebackers. I feel pretty good about the defensive front. I feel good about the back end safeties. Uh, but those corners, they worry me right now. So if they're struggling, they're probably the best bet as to the reason why the defense isn't looking as good is because they just can't guard any of the receivers that they're going against. I agree with that. Um, I, I think that, you know, if they just can't cover, then that's going to be problematic. And, you know, not even that you, you got the, the, the rules of the game, the pass interferences, the holding, you know, after the five yards, those things come into play. So not even just you, you know, not being able to cover your guy in like, uh, uh, getting plays off you not being able to cover your guys and and getting penalties as a result mm-hmm. as well so that is a concern for me um and and that has a lot to do with like you already said before the depth of the cornerback position so um that is something that I think we'll be watching all season because uh, a lot of us have some question marks in that regard um and we'll see how that goes but but I'm hopeful that, uh, like I mentioned, that the pass rush can help the back end of the defense. So we'll we'll see uh, how that is. That was a great question, though. Uh, Mr. Terrence asked, what happens to DuVernay? And I say nothing. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, uh, you know, DuVernay wasn't even used a ton last year as a wide receiver when they needed wide receivers. So mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. What it is that we're asking, he, as long as he's on this team, he's going to be special teams. He, that's what he's really good at. He was all pro special teamer. So that's going to be something that's definitely going to stay. Um, and I'm sure they'll still find a way to utilize him in wide receiver packages. So there's that. But, like, what was different last year when they needed wide receivers? He, he wasn't utilized them. He, he wasn't utilized then. So I'm not really sure that anything happens to DuVernay that's a question that's great for next year when you know do you wonder if they move on 
Um, but I, I just, for now, I think that they use them the same way that they always use them. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. I think, he, you know, his spot in, as a as a returner is still cemented. Um, as long as he's healthy, I think he'll be the guy returning the kickoffs and the punts for them this year. I think he gets out there a little bit on offense, not as much, um, you know, but I, I I do think that we see him out there at times. He's still, they're going to, they're going to need guys that can take the top off the defense, multiple guys at times. And look, he's got the speed to be able to do it. And he's got the contested catch ability to be up, to be able to go down the field and make a play. Um, I just don't think he'll have a big role in this offense, but I, I do expect <clears throat> to kind of see him sprinkled in a little bit here and there. But yeah, I'm I'm not looking for Duvernay to have a major role on this team besides the returner, uh, uh, the returner position being his biggest uh, contribution. Yeah, I agree with that. I just I don't I don't know how that goes. I, I did get a, a bonus question. Can I throw mm-hmm. this out for you? Got a bonus question. Um, at Toshio B. It's a good one, though. How are we feeling about Michael Pierce's bounce back this year? I'm feeling pretty good about it. I don't know about you. Um, I thought that he played at a high level last year prior to the injury. So he's, you know, gotten some, some, he he doesn't have uh, a lot of wear and tear due to not playing the whole year. So I think that that's a good thing. And if he's able to play at the level that he had started off with last year, I think that that's, you know, a great thing. We obviously know that they're going to need his assistance because we don't have Calais Campbell anymore. Uh, so there's that part of it. But I, I think that he will have a relatively good 2023. But I do think that the rotation of the younger guys will be a situation um, that we'll see more because Pierce is older. Um, so so they're going to want to see what the young guys can do because there's some contracts that need to be um, uh, signed or whether they move on from those guys. But I think when Pierce does get an opportunity to play, I think he'll play at a, at a good level. You? Yeah, I think yeah. they'll they'll try to limit his snaps as much as they can to keep to keep him healthy. Uh, that's the number one thing is to just keep Michael Pierce healthy. Um, I I think if he is healthy and is able to get out there and play, he can definitely help the team. I, it's, it's just I don't know how long that's going to be, you know, hurt players stay hurt is the saying. And that's definitely kind of the saying for Michael Pierce. I mean, it's, it's kind of a every year thing for him and you almost get the feeling to where it's just not like you're waiting for him to get hurt, but you almost feel like it's coming, you know, it's it's just been his career to this point. Um, So I, I think that, like you said, they've got the rotation for the interior of that defensive line, and he'll definitely be a part of it as long as he's healthy. But I just think it's going to be imperative for them to limit his snaps, limit his role as best as they can just to keep him on the field. Um, because once he's once he gets hurt, you might not see him for the rest of the year. I agree with that. So it, it will be – I think it will be fine. I think Michael Pierce still has something left in the tank. Um, so, you know, it, it's definitely going to be interesting – uh, in terms of how high of level play he will have for uh, uh, the Ravens this season. But I, I expect him to want to play at a high level because this is going to be the last year of his contract, uh, presumably as well. So whether he wants to continue to be a Raven after this year or move on, you know, he still, ha- you know, he has to make sure that, you know, his money's straight. So <laughs> there's that part of it um, as well. But 
we want to thank you all for listening to the podcast. Thank you all for the questions. Um, we really appreciate when you guys participate with us uh, and ask us the questions. Again, Rookie's report today uh, or, or Tuesday for uh, training camp, which means we are one step closer to the season. Cordell, I'm sure, will be out there in the heat, but yep. he got to do yep. what he got to do, you know what I mean, which is he got to work hard and, and and give us the reports on the players. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be asking Cordell his thoughts on camp and guys that he's been watching out on that's been stepping up to him as, as the season, the, the training camp season goes along. And I'm excited to hear what you have to say about that. So thank you everyone for listening from Cordell to me. This is Winning Drive. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.